0: Thank you, Udi and Julie. Let's see. Am I on? Are we good? You guys ready for the sermon? We'll just do a few brief words to close up. Um, while we were watching the um, video greetings, one of my boys grabbed on my sleeve and he whispered in my ear just a few moments ago, he said, Dad, it sounds like you didn't do anything. And... You know, it's great. He listened. He exegeted what he heard correctly. He is absolutely right. And that's why we're celebrating today. Because we're celebrating what God has done. And we're celebrating the amazing work of his word and his steadfast love in our midst. That's what everything that you've heard today from the moment... Peter started opening his mouth through Ted sharing, through everything that the AV team is doing, to the setup team, and all the men who got here early to set things up early, every day, every minute, every moment. So many things that we don't see and we're unaware of. I think that's one of the sweet things about uh, being a pastor, and I exhort all the men here to be pastors. You get to see things that the church on Sundays never see. And uh, some of it makes your hair fall out, but in the bigger scheme of things, you, you see how much our Lord and Savior loves you, and how much He watches over you, how much He protects you, how much He holds things together. Uh, and as you grow and you become parents, you are aware of that with your children, that they see sort of the... The tip of the iceberg of what's really being done in order to take care of them. And that has been the testimony of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that's been the testimony of this church for before the foundation of time. And just to share with you personally, I, of all men, have been most blessed. Most blessed, especially over the last six years, that the Lord has graciously, uh, Just blessed me beyond anything I could hope or imagine. By what? By filling my heart with Christ. But he hasn't done that in a vacuum. He's done that in this place. He's done that in the church. And he's done that through each one of you living stones. His word and work in your life. If there was no Lighthouse Bible Church San Jose. I can't even begin to think of what the Chin family would look like. And what we have missed out on. Because we belong to Christ, but because we belong to Christ, we belong to you as well. Uh, That's what James alluded to. And so, because of that, Psalm 33 is right. Today, of all days, is a day as a church where we must rejoice. We must celebrate. And we must uh, just praise the Lord for His goodness. And as Psalm 33 points out, This is right, this is fitting, this is beautiful for those whom the Lord has chosen, whom He has saved, whom He has forgiven, whom He has washed and renewed and redeemed, and whom He has made His own. That we belong not to the world, we're not just orphans who are wandering the streets, we're not out there doing whatever we can to make it. We have a house and we have a home. And we have parents and we have a family. We have a place to be at dinner time. We have a table to sit at. We have a father who loves us. We have a son who has died for us. We have a spirit who empowers us. And we live this and I know it's easy to take for granted. But everything that we've experienced has really been a gift of the cross. This is what the Lord has given us. And this is what He has done. He has raised His Son from the dead. And He has done so, so that you and I might have new life in Him, so that our lives would never be the same. And so, this past ten years, this is the foretaste, this is the beginning. And the Lord tells us that the best is yet to come. And one of the things that's been encouraging me as I've been reading through Isaiah, is that Isaiah writes about the future and the good that is to come. He writes about it in the past tense. Why does he do that as a prophet of God? Because the Lord has said it to him. It's as if for Isaiah it has already happened. That is how sure Isaiah is. And even though Isaiah's world around him is falling apart. If we think we have it bad in shelter in place and COVID-19. We need to turn the clock back to the ancient Near East and to the the lives and the generations that Isaiah lived through and some of the horrific things that he witnessed. And yet, in spite of that, Isaiah has a heart and his family have a heart of hope. Why? Because God has promised the coming of His Son, Jesus Christ. And because God has said it, It's like it's already happened for Isaiah. That is how sure and that is how certain Isaiah's hope is. And for us at Lighthouse Bible Church, San Jose, we've witnessed this over the past 10 years. We've seen God's word at work in our midst. And what's interesting in that Psalm 33, which is the theme psalm for our anniversary, is... The psalmist connects God's word, his work, and his love. And he shows how those are never separate. From the creation of the universe, to his awareness of your heart, to the details of what goes on in your life. And at the end, our hope, not in the mighty war horse or the strength of men, but the reason we have hope is because of the certainty of God's love and his word that is at work in our midst. And so the question comes, where do we go from here? Peter has dealt with the past and where the Lord's word has brought us in Christ. Ted has addressed what it's done in our midst, the unity, the equipping, the edification through ups and downs. And I just briefly want us to focus on where the Lord very clearly is leading us as a church. If you have your Bibles, have a look at Matthew 28 and we'll read verses 16 through 20. You know, Matthew 28, verse 16 says, "...now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, "...all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit." teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What has God's word and work and love and Christ done for us these past ten years? He has made us disciples of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not disciples of Grace Community Church, not disciples of TMS, not disciples of Lighthouse Bible Church, not disciples of Mark Chin. He's made us disciples of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, that's not something to be sneezed at. James alluded to that. In the world, we lose everything. But in eternity, we are the richest, most privileged, most gifted, most blessed. And we only start to see that, Jesus points out, over the long haul. In the beginning, it looks like we're Abraham, short end of the stick. But in the long term, through us, the Lord is blessing this world. And He's already started to do that. He has made us disciples. By His death and His resurrection, He has forgiven our sins. He has renewed and remade us. Brothers and sisters, one of the joys of private counseling with you and spending time with you and being in a church where we rub up against one another... And you've seen the ways that I have sinned, and the Lord has forgiven me. You've seen the ways the Lord has broken me and remade me. You've seen the ways in which the Lord has shepherded me. And I get to see Him do the exact same thing with all of you. We begin to see that we don't do anything, as my son said. But the Lord has done everything, and He's doing a good work. And this is what He does for disciples, brothers and sisters. The joy of being a disciple is not that we... Slug it out and be the best we possibly can. And we're only as good as our worst days. The good news of the gospel is that Christ is our perfection. He is our righteousness. He is our goodness. And the best is really yet to come. And this is the joy that we have. And we see that Christ has died for us. Why? Because this is what's happening in Matthew 28. He's died and God has raised him from the grave so that he can speak into our lives. And so that he can gather us together. The ecclesia. At a mountain of his choosing. And for us, for many of us, Lighthouse Bible Church San Jose. Has been the mountain that Christ has set apart. Where he has gathered us together as his disciples. For what purpose? So we can build a kingdom? No. So that he can be with us. And so that you can be with Him. And so that you can behold Him and worship Him, the crucified and risen Lord. And so that you can be encouraged because you have a privilege of what the world cannot see, that He is indeed the Lord of all. And this is what He does. And the sweet thing in this passage is, even as those... Disciples gather together at the mountain that Christ has set apart. And he gathers them to himself. And he is risen from the grave. The supernatural work of the Lord. This is the forerunner of the church. As he gathers his ecclesia. These eleven disciples together. And they witness the risen Lord. Something we get a privilege to do every Sunday. Some doubt it. And yet. That does not stop the church or Christ's love. And it doesn't stop him from drawing near them. As Peter said, we've all gone through those ups and downs. We've had those times. We've had those times where church isn't working out the way we'd hoped or expected. We doubt. We hesitate. We're of two minds. Is he really alive? Is he really present? And yet the beauty and sweetness of being a disciple, brothers and sisters, of belonging to Christ, is like a father. He doesn't let us go. In fact, it's at those times of weakness that he draws near to us. And what does he do He speaks his word into our lives. And he speaks the words that we need to hear. And what are those words that we need to hear? All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Jesus is no longer the humble carpenter. The season of his incarnation and coming down and being humiliated and rejected by men is over. Ours is not. Ours is beginning, but His has ended. He has now been exalted. He sits on the right hand of the Father. He is Lord of all. COVID can't stop that. Shelter in place can't stop that. The stock market can't stop that. Biden can't stop that. Trump can't stop that. He is the authority over heaven and earth and over all. And nothing is going to happen that He has not ordained. And nothing is going to stop the Word and the work And the love of God finishing what God has set it apart to do in our hearts and lives. And it's not going to stop, brothers and sisters, our church from worshipping Him. Why? Why? Because He has work to do in our midst and His work is not yet done. He has a plan. And that's what the Great Commission is all about. For our church who has been so blessed by the Lord. For our church who has had the privilege every Sunday to gather in His presence. For our church who has had the privilege of witnessing the resurrected Lord at work in our lives. Changing hearts. Changing lives. Radically changing people. By ministering to us, coming alongside, correcting us, exposing gently our sin so that He can remove it and set us free. Changing who we are because we belong to Him. Well, the sweet thing about the Lord is, even as He's given to us, He calls us to take and give and share with the world the work of His Word And his love. He has loved us, brothers and sisters, beyond measure. He has done a work in our heart, and it's all been the work of his word. And now he calls his disciples on the mountain to go. He calls them to go because his desire is that there are other lost sheep who are out there in the world who he desires to gather to himself. And he desires that they would know the love of Christ in the same way that the disciples have known the love of Christ. We are called to go, brothers and sisters. The work is still to be done of making disciples of all nations. How are we to do that? It's Matthew 1 through 27. It is, as Peter has pointed out, never separate from the local church. Because this is the vehicle with which you have been loved. By his word, in his local church, living stones who are being transformed, who are building and encouraging one another up in our good moments and our bad moments. And that realization, we don't do anything. It's God's work in us. Matthew 1 through 27. So we go to make disciples. And how do we do it as Jesus does? We draw near to sinners. And we let them know The good news that the king and the kingdom of heaven is at hand or has come near to them. How has it come near to to them? Through his word, the good news of the gospel, and through his local church. Through believers who love Christ and know him. And we call those sinners in our lives who are sinners just like us. To repent and turn from their sins because the king is here. He speaks each Sunday through His Word and through His people. And He loves and He forgives and He gives grace. And by God's grace, Jesus brings His disciples to the cross and that is our calling. And as a church, we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What are we doing? All we're doing is we are affirming that Christ has taken sinners and He has brought them to Himself and He has remade them and He has made them part of Him and He has made them part of His local church. Why? So He can love them and He can grow them. And that He can one day bring them to Him as His bride. And not only do we baptize, but we teach All disciples to observe all that Christ has commanded. Why? Because he's coming again, brothers and sisters. And we want to be ready for him. And whom the Lord loves, he blesses with his word. And those who love the Lord, they keep His commandments. Why? Because it's a joy. Because this is the way the Lord works in and through us. And this is the way He brings the bright light of the gospel to the world. And so, brothers and sisters, when we say, Where is the Lord leading us? The 10 year mark is a turning point. This is where the Lord has brought us to. But for what purpose? So that we might go as a church. So that we might make disciples through the proclamation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That he is Lord of all. And that he can save us from our sins and is drawn near. And we baptize and we teach everything that Christ has commanded. And we teach how to observe all that Christ has commanded. And that means, brothers and sisters, in the days ahead. The Lord is leading us from here into the world. My hope and my prayer, brothers and sisters, that is that you would see what a great privilege that is. That God has been, these past ten years, preparing us exactly for this mission. To equip us, to get us ready to go. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. Is it going to be hard? Yes. Are there going to be moments where we will be discouraged? Yes, will the Lord expose our sinfulness and show the ways in which we need more of Him? Absolutely. But will we succeed and will He be victorious? Absolutely. Why? Because we're smart, we're gifted, because we've got a great church planting program, because we've figured it out? Absolutely not. It's because of the promise of His Word, brothers and sisters. Because He said... He is with us even until the end of the age. We have the greatest gift. This world will ever see. Will we share it? And so with this comes a challenge. A closing challenge. And I'll tie up with this. Are you in or are you out? If you're in, it is by faith. Not in anything that we bring to the table. Only with the hope that Christ... Loves us and his word is true, that the cross is sure, and that Jesus will make us fishers of men. Are you in or are you out? I will say, as Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How are we to serve the Lord? Psalm 33 tells us today, we are to rejoice and we are to give thanks and we are to hope in the Lord because it is fitting and just for those who have been chosen by the Lord, those who have been saved by the Lord, those who belong to the Lord, those who are, as the psalmist says, the heritage of the Lord. That each one of you who is a disciple of Christ, you are part of Christ's inheritance. You are the Father's gift to the Son through the power of the Spirit. That is who we are. And because of that, we serve the Lord this day and in the days to come by giving thanks to Him. So let me just ask you for one thing. That today you would take some time just to meditate as you heard all the different people today. In your own heart to consider Maybe two or three ways in which the Lord himself has worked in your life through his word and has shown you his love. That you would give thanks to the Lord for that, realizing that is a work of Christ. And finally, that you would share that specifically with the people whom God has put in your life. Believers and unbelievers alike. Because in that way we demonstrate, indeed we are the loved of the Lord. This morning we have a few gifts for you. Ryan will be coming up after we sing our closing song. And in honor of our anniversary, we wanted to give something to the members of the church. If you're here today, whether you're a member or not, they're there for you. Okay, Um, But I want to walk you through them so that it will be an encouragement. We have a Sinclair Ferguson devotional for Easter called To Seek and To Save. And he walks us through the last chapters of the Gospel of Luke one day at a time for the month right before Easter. And it's so that we have the opportunity and it's got a journal in it where you can write out what the Lord is teaching you. Um, And it's just so that we as a church can walk to the cross together and have our hearts stirred. We also have for you a... Uh, ESV journal for 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus. We are giving this to you because this commemorates our 10 years. This is, in many ways, 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus has been a book that we've walked through through Logos, which shows how much the Lord has loved us and brings together really the last 10 years for us, but also... What's coming in the future? It's laying the foundation for the future. And it's one of those journals where you can write down what the Lord is doing in your life. And then for every family, we just bought one per family. Uh, We have a copy of this book called The Friend Who Forgives, which is about Jesus. I don't think there's any better gift we can give our children than to give them The Friend Who Forgives. And to give them the gift of forgiveness, which comes from Christ himself. And so, families, will have an opportunity to have this. And if all you do is read through this with your children and share with them how God has forgiven you, your children and your families will be blessed in the way Christ has blessed you. So, with that, let me close this time in prayer. We'll have a response song and then Ryan will come and get us ready for lunch. Lord Jesus, the best is yet to come. And that's not because of anything that we do. It's because you have been with us, you are with us, and you will be with us until the end of the age, until you come and we see you and we will be like you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you are doing. And thank you for what you will do. Lord Jesus, we belong to you. We are your family because you have purchased us with your blood. Lord Jesus, there is no better place to be than in the household of the living God. Thank you for what you have done. In your name we pray, amen.